Hello. Hi, everybody. Uh, Carolyn here from Secrets and Lies. Thanks for joining us again. And I am super excited uh, this go around because I have my very good friend, Chris Willing here. Hi, Chris, who I have talked about on this podcast, but today we get to talk actually to her. Which is nice. You talk about me. That's funny. I have I have talked about you on this. I don't think oh. I threw your name around because you know, yeah, people like looking you up. But early... yeah, <laughs> yeah, I heard it on one of the early ones, and I knew it was about me. But then we we texted. Sorry, it was yeah, it was one of uh, um, Chris and I met each other in Maryland actually before um, we both separately and inexplicably decided North Carolina is where we wanted to live. And <laughs> now we are about, I don't know, what would you say? 45 minutes apart? 40 I think minutes? An hour, 45, probably an, like for an hour ish. Mm. Everything's an hour ish. Everything. It is true. Everything is about an hour. Um, anywho, uh, Chris is, um, um, the my go-to person whenever I need somebody to like take a look at the stuff that I write to say I have no idea what you're doing here this is insane or she sends me little notes in the margins like when uh, something makes her laugh and I appreciate that because that isn't something normal editors have done for me (laughs) they don't write lol in the margins no they don't I did have somebody that I went through the MFA program with when he liked something he would draw like little AR-15s in the margin but that was definitely a part of his personality yeah it was it was blow this up If I got like, you know, one gun, it was pretty good. If I got three, then I knew he was really impressed with that portion. But most of the time, that's not the the feedback that I tend to get. So it's really, really great. Um, All right. A little bit about Chris. Um, Yet another one of us lucky individuals who gets to work remotely most of the time. Do you ever have to like go to... And office? I do. About four times a year, I meet with the rest of the team that I work with, my, the leadership team, and um, often in San Francisco, sometimes in New York, once Ooh. in Denver. But yeah, quarterly. I haven't been to San Francisco in many, many years. Bouchercon and then wine country was pretty nice. Anyway, Chris is also a writer. She is uh, yet another one of my, my, my circle who uh, we do our writing kind of on the side. And then we have day jobs because that's the world we live in. However, Chris, um, tell tell us a little bit about your, your writing. You're mostly poetry and, or more so than certainly more so than I am. Yes, I would say my writing, I, I don't know how to write a short story or, I mean, I probably would like to think about writing a novel at some point. What I write is often very small, like a haiku or very long-winded, like a, here's a reflection about life going on. And Mm -hmm. sometimes until I write up, write all of my thinking down, I don't quite know. I don't quite understand it myself. And then it just pours out. And then it's like, it's like bloodletting a little bit. <laughs> that's, that's actually really well put. I've, I've tried to explain to others before, sometimes when I'm trying to process 
either how I feel about something or what my thoughts are on a particular thing, I have to write about it a little bit. And then that helps me organize my thoughts, if that makes sense. It does to me. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I moved to North Carolina last spring and you had been here for a little while um, at that point, right? Yeah. I'm, we moved in April of 2022. Oh, so you're a full year. You you yeah. got a whole year on ahead of me. Um, so uh, one of the things Vicky and I, and I spent some time talking about as we are learning about our new home, because Vicky, as you know, um, lived in Florida. She and I went through the MFA program together, and then she moved from Florida up to Hendersonville, also without coordinating with just this random thing where we all sort of ended up together. Uh, and recently I heard another person that we went to school with also uh, showed up <laughs> in Hendersonville. So uh, there's some sort of weird writer vortex going on here. Um, but I have found I have found that moving to a, a little Hallmark town like Hendersonville is, which is adorable and was quite charming over Christmas, uh, is full of surprises that I didn't expect Um the most recent one being uh, that you cannot here in Hendersonville check into like a local hotel if you live within 70 miles. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's trying to weed out the Charlotte, Charlottetons. Charlottetons. That is what it is. There is some law. And you cannot, uh, there's a handful of, of places, there was a whole discussion about it on Facebook. There's a handful of places where you can, that are more sort of like resort style things or venues for events that also have uh, a place to stay. But generally speaking, you can't just go down to like one of the places near the highway and stay right. overnight. Well, they won't let you check in. Miles. Why would it be 60 miles? That's so far. Isn't that kooky? They don't, it's, I guess they don't want people checking in, you know, for the hour or whatever. I don't, the other thing I learned is that, and I, we may have talked about this in a, in a previous episode, but happy hour is against the law here. So in, in Henderson County, you, you can't have drink specials for a particular portion of the day. Like from three to seven, we've got, you can't do that. You can have drink specials, but they have to be drink specials all the time because they don't want to promote, I guess, people coming and overindulging. Anyway, I just find this super interesting. Like it never would have occurred to me yes. before. Did you, have you found anything super interesting or oh yeah, surprising? There are, there are many surprising things about my journey to North Carolina. I would say um, a few that come to mind are, have you, I don't think you've probably had to encounter this. I may or may not have asked you about it. Because of where I sit, which is about an hour southeast of Asheville and an hour due west of Charlotte, I'm in this weird kind of middle zone. And there's something here that is served with barbecue that is called Red Slaw. Have you heard this? I have not. Well, I would encourage you to, um, when that is offered on the menu, <laughs> you may try it, but don't um, don't be expecting to don't. enjoy it. It's literally, I think it's like poor man's coleslaw. And I, that sounds so rude and judgmental to say, but it's ketchup-based coleslaw. 
and I'm not even get kidding. out. I just figured you were talking about like red cabbage or something. No, no, no. It's white cabbage chopped up, like pulverized, actually pulverized a bunch of ketchup, some horseradish and some vinegar and maybe like some sugar or something. It is so horrendous. You know what? It sounds like something Dave would actually like though. Oh, funny. So yeah, now I'm, now I'm going to look for it. To stretch the dish, you know, like to stretch the, the, the cabbage. It's my, 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 I've only found it in this middle section. When you go to Charlotte, you don't see it there. And you, when you go to Asheville, you don't see it there. But wow. um, something fun to look out for. I also didn't know about ABC stores. Like, I really? Know, I knew that beer and beer and wine you could get in the grocery store. And I don't really drink very much at all. And so, like, I don't know, it was months before Matt said something about something being near the ABC store. And I said, what do you mean the ABC store? Is it like flooring? <laughs> he was like, no, no, like alcohol board of whatever it is alcohol board control i don't know I, yeah i don't know what it stands for either but i think we had yes. them in florida maybe but uh, or maybe i just knew them from when my grandparents were here but basically what it means for people that aren't from one of those states it means that the state has made an arrangement whereby they are the ones that get to benefit from all the liquor sales. And so it's there seems to be a pretty tight hold on a lot of uh, activities that could be, I guess, considered. (laughs) I don't know. Got to control these harlots that think Uh, North Carolina is the place to be. Bring it. But yeah, I don't, I I had to go to an ABC store to get this this so lame had to get like, um, liqueurs that you use in baking like a, a nice dark rum for fruit tarts and what yeah so loser uh because i generally don't need anything stronger than my you know bold rock cider from Please. down the road and even then it's i'm on like a two cider max and then uh, i'm we're done gonna have to meet there sometime i love great. it so much amazing i love it so much and if you guys are not familiar with that i will post a link in uh on the page so that you can check it out too and their food is really good they have like a little food truck outside um and uh they have uh, uh both pretzel sticks warm pretzel sticks that you dip in a warm like i don't know beer cheese goo uh, and then they also have like a cheesesteak sandwich that they use the same cheese goo on and it's so good it's just so good Anyway, I enjoy the cheese that is like you're talking about, but I don't know that I prefer cheese and goo next to each other. <laughs> uh, I tend to overuse the word goo. I, I yeah. fruit goo, cheese goo. It's melty deliciousness in like a cup in a semi-liquid form. It's fantastic. I mean, all the um, cheese, all the ways, all the cheese, all the yeah. I mean, all the ways, all of the ways. All of the ways. All right. Um, well, the Red Slaw thing, I'm going to have to definitely check out. The other thing that happened here um, just this weekend is a tree fell yesterday morning across the street uh, from my house, making a horrendous sound. And wh- one thing that's like super weird to me that I didn't understand before I lived here, too, is that the trees here, the trees here in North Carolina, are like four times taller than either trees in Florida or trees in Maryland. All of those other ones feel like shrubs compared to the trees that are in North Carolina, because these things are 
crazy, crazy tall. So if one of the trees in my yard were to fall, it could take out my house and somebody else's house because they're so big. Um, fortunately, the houses aren't super close together. But anyway, a tree fell across the street very early in the morning, seven-ish, uh, and fell um, partly on my neighbor's truck and all the way across the road. Um, and it wasn't in like a super healthy tree. So parts of it broke and whatever. It made this horrendous crashing sound and then the crunching like car accident kind of sound with the truck. And so uh, people just come out here and, you know, we're clear in the road and people bust out the chainsaws and it was a whole, like a little community thing. Somebody's coming out with cold brew coffee for us. And yeah, it was the, the neighbors here are super, super nice. I mean, Dave managed to live in his place in Baltimore for, I don't know how long, seven or eight years, never met any of his neighbors ever. Here, um, I hadn't even fully moved in yet, and the people who lived across the street sent over a box of baked goods from the bakery downtown with their, like, mm-hmm. name and stuff on the box. I mean, they're very nice. So so sweet. Yeah. So many, so many kind, wonderful, warm, welcoming people here. I have had that experience as well. And in the meantime, I pulled up that picture because when I had seen it on my phone yesterday on your Facebook Paige, I couldn't quite tell what was going on, but now I can see it's almost like a crest of a hill and the tree literally yeah. and then shattered into smithereens. In yes. The That's a lot of little pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So I could go over there and pick up the little pieces and whatever, but uh, a neighbor from up the mountain came with his two very large chainsaws and chaps and the whole, like the whole thing and started cutting it up. Yeah. It was, it was I very... Was- uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these things, I guess I, I chain. I have like a little battery powered chainsaw for like cutting down little branches and things. Um, yeah. Not uh, I mean, they would laugh at me with the big tree, but uh, yeah, I guess if you're not great with the chainsaw, it can like skip around and then, you know, hit you in the legs. And so it's a thing, I guess, that protect, helps to protect like a leather from apron of some sort. nicking, right. yeah, your femoral artery, which would be oh. very bad. Uh, but anyway, the tree was cleared without, um, without injury from everyone. And now you can't even tell that it happened. The whole street is clear and Nice. And whatever. So yes, but now I'm terrified. In addition to being afraid of bears, now I'm terrified a tree is going to fall on my house. Oh. So uh, hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen. You know, that's, that's such an interesting observation that trees are taller here, and I'm guessing it probably has more to do with how much more room and space there is than the Baltimore area or you know the areas that we lived in that were they didn't have a lot of room to spread out and grow. And I didn't think of yeah, them as being could be. It's true. Generally speaking, they're all pretty tall. It's it's crazy how tall they are. And I guess, you know, normally it'd be like, oh, beauty of nature. Now I'm thinking there's so much more tree to crush my my new home um, or fall on my fence or or whatever. But I have an old dog that um, she she is part of my um, work day and she was locked out of the room. So she was very confused why she was not in the corner supporting me. Sorry. Uh, well, I have a cat who runs the household too, and I'm sure he'll be scratching at the door at any time to come in. So I feel you. Um, all right. What, uh, what, uh, what are you working on these days for yourself? Anything? Mm. Do you have anything going on? I love that question. So 
Um, what I'm working on for myself is like just doing the thing, like writing every day, doing the, the writer's pages, um, a la Writer's Way. Are you familiar with that book? I mean, I, I've heard of it. I was looking, I thought I had it right here, but it's called The Artist's Way and it's written 20 some years ago. But um, the art, the author, Julia Cameron, talks about how, you know, whether you want to or not, you write three pages a day. And then once a week, you also uh, have an artist date. It's time set aside for yourself as an artist to do something creative or something that's just for cool. you. Yeah, it's really cool. So it is very much lined up with my self-care goals for 2024. Um, there are many related to that. <laughs> and and so just kind of like pushing through and writing when I don't want to is new. I think I've always, um, I have so many journals with like the first 18 pages. Yeah, me too. Full in the first, you know, I think it's a thing, right? Um, it doesn't stop me from buying new ones. <laughs> but uh so I'm doing the thing I'm, I'm writing and what I, what I'm finding that it's doing for me is clearing debris that allows for space for actual writing or things that are mm -hmm. more interesting. Um, I also have a note. I always have notes in my phone that I, I write and a haiku is often how it comes out as a start. I used to love uh, um, for those of you watching, uh, Chris had a, a haiku group on Facebook <laughs> Um, and I, I can remember being at the gym and like walking on the treadmill and then writing a haiku about how much I hate exercise or whatever and posting it or how mad I was at, you know, somebody I was seeing or what, whatever it was, it was just being a thing because it's short, short little nugget. Um, but I haven't actually done that in a long time. Well, so I, I, maybe I'll just kick it back up again. Yeah. I, last year I had started a group like a I had done, I've done haiku on Facebook over the years, but I had started like a year in haiku and I was writing a, a haiku a day, but I made it too much work for myself. I made mm -hmm. it so that I was prompting everyone. Mm -hmm. And there are people that would respond in haiku, which delighted me. And that was wonderful. But like, I got tired of bringing the props, the prompts together. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. So I just have my own note. And so now I have a 2024 haiku note and I, I probably wrote six yesterday. Like, wow. <laughs> I'm a yeah. I haven't. I like the exercise of it, the puzzle of it. Um, exactly. Right. One of the things um, when I'm talking to people at work or teaching classes or, or whatever, um, where we talk about trying to compose your thoughts and, and, and um, that you're going to do that first draft and then you're going to try that exercise. I think of in my mind as uh, more of a, a fiction or prose kind of exercise, but the whole idea of distilling down to very, very small amount of words, the uh, the emotion or response or concept that you're trying to get across, I think is such a great mind puzzle mm -hmm. um, that I I really enjoy that. But I you know I haven't done it I haven't done it in poetry form um, yeah. in a long time since that you know and even then they were silly uh, like a silly yeah, haiku. I really love when you share with me, like when you're doing a contest where there are three prompts or it's yeah. like, here's the genre, here's the item that you have to say. And then there's a theme or something. Mm -hmm. And then I love like doing that. That's a puzzle too. And then it's like, mm -hmm. how quickly can I form a 
cohesive narrative and you know that's so fun for me so maybe those I are try those contests generally nyc midnight and i'll put a i'll post a link um to those things too where you're given a very short window of time they release i mean hundreds and hundreds of writers and you're set put into little groups and your group will get uh, a genre um an object or something and then some other thing a word or some other thing that you have to incorporate and these things don't go together this is like the chopped challenge of the writing That's universe right. you know where you right. get a basket of just crazy and they're like turn this into something so uh yeah, that is a good mind exercise. And and if they're short stories, which usually they were for me, then you would get 24 hours or 48 hours or something uh, to come up with something good there. Lately, though, um, I have been trying, I've been submitting short stories to anthologies and things, and they often have themes or things that you need to incorporate in some way. I'm still waiting to hear back, by the way, from the the story, the last story I, I wrote that I sent in for the Nashville BoucherCon next year, the nice. one with music. You haven't heard a thing. Okay. No. Um, I have been thinking, and I want to know what you what you think about this idea. I have been thinking about re-releasing some stories because um, I have a bunch of, of stories that I wrote for contests like that or for things like, you remember the... Um, uh, the thing at the ghost story fire pit, that story and, uh, and some other things that have sort of dissipated into the ether because uh, following years, those stories have then been published online and now you can't find them anywhere. And I'm like, I should collect up some of these things and perhaps re-release them as a separate collection. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking I may do that this year. That might be my 2024 project. Um, I like it. I all was right. Thinking, I had, oh, I was going to say, I had this thought last night when I sent you that silly haiku, when I was thinking uh-huh. about like, we were going to be talking and that was my secrets and lies haiku. But I, uh, I was thinking how fun it would be if we could figure out a way to collaborate. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if it's like, there's a, there's a, some kind of format that we just make up where there's a story, but sort of at the end of each section or chapter i can kind of haiku it (laughs) i don't know cool i don't know but i'm gonna think about that now i'm gonna put it up on my crazy idea board and let that marinate for a little while and see what comes up but yeah that's intriguing or maybe Um, it's the other way around maybe i foist some haikus over the wall and you have to make a maybe just a game for for ourselves make a story for it i don't see any reason why we couldn't try it both ways and see what fits that's right. So what works. Oh, that's good. What are you reading these days? Anything? Oh gosh. Um, I'm reading this, the courage to be disliked. Have you heard of this? No. Um, it's part of my self growth. It's, it's interesting. It's not, um, it's very thought provoking. And, um, how the subtitle is how to free yourself, change your life and achieve real happiness. And essentially it's written in Socratic style. So there's a great old wise philosopher talking to a youth and the youth has all these objections and questions. And the philosopher kind of explains sort of this, it's mostly Adlerian psychology that is detachment, essentially healthy detachment from others and not being a people pleaser 
which is a thing mm. that <laughs> I was going to say for those of you who don't know Chris, Chris gets along with everyone, even the crazies. Um, I mean, we work together with some 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 challenging individuals, and yeah, everybody, everybody but loves I, Chris. I, I just thank you. That's very kind. I really love people, and I, and I have a very broad array of like what I can what I accept as normal. And so I think when you say that, I'm like, I wonder which who she's talking about because honestly, I mean, everybody's just a little bit crazy, right? I don't know. Yeah, well, there's good crazy. There's interesting, eccentric crazy. And then there's like, <laughs> whoa, you know? Like, go so. deal with your trauma and come back crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, mm. yeah, there, yes. So, yeah. So uh, anyway, I think that's I think that's really interesting because uh, I, I struggle and I think a lot of writers struggle with trying to write unlikable characters that are not like the villain. There tends to be like this very, you know, one and zero kind of right. thing. And that isn't how people are. People are more complex than that. So writing characters, then when there are things about them that are unlikable is very difficult to do. We, I will want to fix that for them on the page, you know, before somebody reads it and then doesn't like them, especially when you feel like you are putting so much energy into uh, creating this world that this non-existent character lists i mean you want people to to root for them like i've never written an anti-hero i don't think Mm. uh i think that would be an interesting challenge Mm -hmm. so i don't know if that book would be helpful for that interesting yeah maybe um i think um what it's making me think of is uh last night for some whatever reason matt and i put on episode one of Breaking Bad, actually the pilot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We watched that series twice, I think 10 years ago and then five years ago or whatever the timing was. To watch it again, just the pilot yesterday was pretty mind blowing. And I don't know all the reasons, but when I just like sat with it and was present with it, like wasn't on my phone or distracted, I was like just watching these incredibly well-developed like characters and thinking about what I know about their arc mm-hmm. and seeing the pilot and seeing how much, um, how well each of the main characters stayed true to their character and how each of them had a very unique like arc across a long period of time and how the chemistry of them is in that moment in the pilot, as well as how it lands and and just kind of, that constellation of changes and dynamics that we, that we get carried through is really freaking impressive. That's pretty cool. I was trying to explain the Jack Reacher series to Dave Mm. this morning, actually, because it's, it's like number one on uh, prime right now. And um, he was like, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't say anything. He's, he calls him wooden. Like, and I'm like, but you don't understand that is, that is Jack Reacher. He's not, he's, he doesn't talk. He's just this, you know. Is he yeah. closed? I don't know the character. Okay. Oh, he's, uh, he's a very large, uh, 
man. Yeah. And these stories, I love the, the Lee child stories. In fact, um, and now it's, it's being sort of continued by uh, Andrew child, Lee and Andrew child. Uh, but it's about this great big guy who is a former army MP who is, you know, he's like six, five and um, massive and he doesn't talk much. He doesn't have a home. He just wanders around. Now he's now that he's out of the army and he finds himself in all these situations. And the books, the books have a lot of uh, they're very action packed slash violent, I guess. <laughs> okay. But there's humor in there. They're very smart. the The stories are put together in an interesting way, and. Um, uh, they took a lot of flack because they, they made a couple of uh, Jack Reacher movies and they starred Tom Cruise, who, as you know, is like my height. Small frame. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and although he did a fantastic acting job and the movies were enjoyable, I liked them very much. He just wasn't the character because the ki- I mean, the defining characteristic of Jack Reacher is that he's this massive guy um so anyway so the series has that right with with alan richson and i was trying to explain to dave that yes i know he doesn't do a lot of reacting to what's happening to with other people on the screen and he doesn't talk a whole lot but that is true to the books um he's an anti-hero now that i think about it he he will kill a whole bunch of people and you are they were all very bad just to go back and quote Arnold Schwarzenegger from two lights. They were very bad. Um, so, and somehow, you know, somehow of watching it, I'm, I'm okay with that, but hmm. that's yeah. Between me and my therapist, I guess. Um, <laughs> like, why is this? Why I can't wait for the next episode uh, that's coming out. I am reading a book. Um, speaking of, uh, um, like characters that have some unlikable qualities. I am reading a book. I'm reading lessons in chemistry, which I feel like I'm late on that bandwagon. It came out yeah. last year or whatever. And I bought it and then I had just getting around to it now. And, um, and that character has some, some issues where she's not warm. Exactly. <laughs> Right. Uh, but I haven't finished it, so I'm 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 working my way through that. And I know that they made a movie out of it, but I haven't. I don't want to watch it. I'm not yeah, sure. I, it's on Apple, I think. And I think it. I thought it was a series. It might be a movie. I haven't seen it either. But I listened to the book last year, uh, and I enjoyed it. But yes, she's not the warmest. Stephanie had it on her list too. Her recommendations from 2023. So um, yeah, so I'm working my way through it now. Uh, but. Um, uh, yeah, I haven't finished it yet, but that's another interesting thing. I'm like, wow, this, uh, you know, as a choice, this some interesting choices were made by the the writer putting us together. So I, I appreciate that. I'm working my working my way through it. But the next book up is going to be The Secret, which is another Lee Child, and I've been sitting on that one because I didn't get it because I thought somebody might get it for me for Christmas or something, and and then that didn't happen. So I'm like, yes. I'm going to probably jump on that later today. <laughs> when you first said the secret, I was like, oh, Carolyn, I didn't know you were into the law of attraction. That's a different no. secret. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. I don't even know 
I I'm not even exactly sure what this book is about, except I think it's a throwback book to when um, Jack Reacher was in still in the army, some case mm. that um, that yeah. he and the rest of his unit he since he was a he was in a, in the uh, military police he did investigations for them so I I think it's it it's a throwback story but uh, I'm not super sure. Um, all right, how would you like to play our little game, Truth or Fiction? Well, I have something that came to mind when you were saying, um, when you were, we were talking earlier and I thought like, you know, I could tell you something that might be. Um, Excellent. Lay it on me. Yeah. So um, about 12 miles from me, there is um, a cult that has been on world news. And it's been investigated a few times. And uh, it's called Word of Faith Ministry. And there are a lot of accounts of people who um, have dealt with different levels of what they would coin as persecution from this. There's a big thing in it around um, like screaming the devil out of people. Like oh screaming. my goodness. Yeah. At the top of your, the top of their lungs. And um, they only drink cheer wine, which <laughs> is a North Carolina thing. That's and I would like you to tell me if you believe that is all true. I kind of want it to be true. Is that, is that crazy? Like yes. I, I kind of, <laughs> yes, it is true. Uh, I kind of want <laughs> yes, that to be. I kind of want that to be true. And if it's not, if that's some sort of book or thing, I want to watch it immediately or check it out immediately. Cause that sounds fascinating. So it's, it's almost mostly true. What the reason I threw the cheer wine in there was um, there's actually a list of prohibited things and cheer wine is actually on the prohibited list. You cannot dance. Oh. You cannot sing. You cannot drink cheer wine. You cannot like, so it's basically thing. footloose with screaming and an absence of soda. <laughs> Footless with screaming. Yeah. It's super creepy. It's way too close. I had no idea it was here. Um, so I imagine there are all sorts of pockets of, of wacky. Um, yeah. Yeah. Around here. Boy, no, that's a good one. It's pretty interesting. But if you have one for me, I'm game. I do. I, I do. I do. All right. In 2008, a group of nine like college kids who all went to school together in New Mexico went out um, hiking and uh, camping out for like a weekend or something out in the mountains and they disappeared. Hmm. Um, when they didn't come back, the local authorities went out and did a search. They found their campsite, but none of the, students were there the tent was all like ripped up um and inside the tent they found a bunch uh, like several of their of the students um shoes this is in the winter time so it's cold mm. like now hmm. um found their shoes or boots um found their coats 
in some instances. So something happened and these, they scattered, they like cut their way out of the tent and ran. Eventually they found six of the nines bodies in different places. And some of them had some inexplicable um, wounds, like uh, two of them were crushed and they couldn't figure out what had happened to them. And um, yeah. And yeah. So, so strange things. And then nothing was heard about the case or nobody could figure out what was happening. And 15 years passes and then they find two more of the students who had apparently been hiding in a cave, both dead. And one of them, uh, like they had all died uh, at the same time, uh, you know, way back at the, at the time that the people had disappeared, but they hadn't been found because they were tucked into this little cave because it's winter. Um, and one of the two had, um, had died by suicide. Oh dear. So they were trying to figure out what happened with, you know, nine people. Um, Six are found relatively soon after they disappear and then nothing for 15 years. And then two more are found. Um, And then there was still one unaccounted for. And uh, in the mountains of New Mexico. Wow. That's dark and grisly. (laughs) And unfortunately, it sounds mostly possible and true. I hope it's not, but I imagine it is. It actually is a Preston and Child book, but they based this on a case that really happened, but in Russia years before. People were cross-country skiing and disappeared, and they were trying, I don't know exactly what happened to that uh, group of people, but one of these, one of the the writers. I love these books um, because they will make like the most crazy uh, situation, like ridiculously implausible thing sound totally. Yes, that could happen. And you will like page Turner, try and figure out what in the world went on. So, yeah, so this is based on a case in, in Russia that um, uh, Douglas Preston had written up as true as a nonfiction article for something. And then they were going to make a movie of it or something. And then uh, about this case in, in, uh, in Russia, but then the Ukrainian war broke out. Um, And so then they just wrote a, uh, a story inspired by it. But anyway, I find their thing um, very interesting, which leads me to my tip for this week. And that is do not abandon your completely dumb or wacky or implausible idea because it will germinate and you will find a way to use it in something that really makes your, your story compelling. So <clears throat> crazy crazy campers who disappear or there's a really good a book um in this series this is a, a nor kelly book and so there's three of these <clears throat> and uh there's one of them that centers on uh, she's a archaeologist um 
where she does an investigation of the original like Donner Party site. And um, that's fascinating because, I mean, we've heard of the Donner Party, but I don't really know that much about it. Um, anyway. live many years ago. It's kind of burnt. And I saw the movie, so it's kind of in my memory as like. There's a movie? I don't think um, I've yeah. seen a movie about it. Yeah. Yikes. It's pretty old. Yeah. Mm. It's disturbing. I mean, the yeah. whole concept is disturbing, but it's really, I love those kinds of studies of, you know, you don't know. You don't know what you would do. Right. I mean, that's true about everything every day. But when you think about an extreme situation like that, I'd like to believe that I, you know, would not. <laughs> but you don't know. And what we're talking about here, of course, if anybody is, has lived in a cave for 100 years, it's, you know, cannibalism. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're trapped um, in a snowy pass that you can't leave. And um, there's no food. Uh, right. Yeah. So anyway, they excavate the, um, and they do, they do really great research, but they excavate that, that site. And so even though they're weaving another story in around modern day, what about that site and what's happening, um, you get to learn a little bit about what happened before. Um, um, all right. Uh, lastly, I usually like to, uh, I throw in a couple of things that I think are cool that I have found in the local area. If people want to check them out and I have three for you this time. Oh, great. One is Dave and I went to this really cute little place right off of seventh Avenue here in Hendersonville, uh, called homemade pasta noodles. And we learned how to make ravioli. And, um, this, uh, lady, um, uh, Lana does, or she does, uh, um, classes of, I don't know how many of us were in there, eight or nine. Um, and we learned how to make, uh, something in this case, it was, uh, a cheese filled ravioli. And, um, and then we get to package that up to bring that ravioli home with us. And then all of us sit down to eat ravioli that she made, uh, with sauce that has been cooking all day. And it's like this community Italian, like everybody's at one table and you're talking and whatever. And yeah, you get some salad and that. some bread and your pasta. Yeah. And I learned how to make ravioli. So um, uh, I have tried to make pasta by myself before in the over the pandemic and it was a disaster. So I definitely <laughs> needed professional guidance. So that was really cool. We did that um, at, towards the end of last year. So that's really fun. Uh, And then we have a new place that opened um, uh, just around the corner from from the pasta place called Claywood. And that is a uh, wine and whiskey bar. And they have like charcuterie boards. And like uh, it's not you don't go in for dinner exactly. You go in for like a board of different kinds of foods. And then they will do like match wines with it and everything. It's really nice. The sofas and stuff. So that place is pretty cool. And then uh, Dave and I went into Asheville proper and went to a, uh, a place which I really, really liked um, called Curate, which is uh, um, like Spanish tapas. So if you are a fan of uh, Haleo, Jose Andres's place in DC mm. or mm. Bethesda, if you've ever been there, this is like that. Um, really good sangria. You order a bunch of small plates of things and share them. It's so it's very conducive to like conversation and talking and discovery. And I I really enjoyed it. 
That's so totally I will put links to all of those places. In. Thank you. That sounds amazing. I'm a tapas girl. It's I love like all the things, just like all the people. I love all the people. All I the love things. The, all the things. All the cheeses. All the dishes. All the weird humans. Love it. <laughs> weird humans. Uh, I just yeah. I I collect collect little nuggets of fun and find ways to work them into yeah. something. Anyway, it was yeah. so good to see you. It's so good to see you. And I was thinking like you had said you were going to give a, like a writer's tip, but I would like to share that for me, um, who honestly, like I don't go around thinking of myself as a writer, but you but I know that I am and I can't really help it. But, <laughs> and I, and, and one day I will, I will like do more with that. And I, I appreciate that you always um, push me in that way, whether you mean to or not. And you kind of, remind me that I'm a writer and you, you know, you appreciate my feedback and all that stuff is really meaningful. But I was going to say that I think a tip for me, and part of it is this work that I'm doing with writing every day and um, just being committed to it, even if I write schlock. Um, I think around, around that is also just giving space, whether that's meditation or yoga or just quiet because especially during the worst of the pandemic, I was very focused on listening to all the podcasts, reading all the books, doing all the input, 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 input. And I didn't have time for my own processing mm -hmm. or space. And so meditation isn't for everybody. And it's not necessarily like something I'm good at or that it's easy, but I find that when I commit to it, similar with similar to yoga, it creates space that all of the things that I've been unconsciously ignoring and pushing out because all I've been doing is listening and getting inputs, it starts to surface and swirl and like I get excited and then I'm writing like better stuff and I'm processing and, you know, so. Oh, that's space. great. Yeah. I, um, I should do more yoga. I do yoga on Monday nights. I should do more yoga and meditation, uh, but often my quiet time is just really early in the morning. I'm the first person up every day. No one else is up and I come down to my office and I sit here and I drink coffee and I do the wordle. And I, say, I, I just, you know, I just have like my quiet time in the morning. I'm not crazy productive. I'm certainly not cranking out pages. But I'm I'm thinking and reflecting and and everything in the morning and I love that time. I don't mind that I wake up earlier than I wish, you know. <laughs> but so yeah. good, yes, a good a good tip. Thank you for that. Well, um, until next time. Um, thanks for joining us again. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. And sometime I'd love to meet Vicky. I, I enjoy your banter and enjoy your invitation to talk about writing and, you know. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Um, great. All right. I will talk to you guys again soon. Thank you very, very much. And have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.